What's your favorite? Don't. God, that's awful. Welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly podcast where we invite guests on to defend their favourite films against negative reviews. As always, I'm Luke, the chubby little snowman, <laughs> and with me, as always, is Charlie. How you doing, Charlie? I'm good now after that. That was good. You're I welcome. That You're one. welcome. Have you brought a guest? I have indeed. He's been on the podcast before. He come on to defend Return of the King. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't remember his name though, so you're going to have to... Go Okay. Yeah. So, so who is it? Well, say hello, Harry White. Hello. Harry, Hello. I remember you. Thank you. I'm, I'm real good with faces. I'm not good with names. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How you been? Have you been up to anything this week? Anything interesting? Watched any good films? I watched the movie we're going to talk about. I watched that a few times to get that it... That helps. <laughs> to get it really in my head, get it ingrained in there. Other than that, I've done some acting. I was in a short film, which it was exciting. That was with Henry Wentworth, right? Yes. The guy from last, last week. week. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't, because the episode's not out yet. <laughs> no, you're right. I didn't. I'm sorry. Chasing Leia, right? Yeah, Chasing Leia. Chasing Leia. Yeah. And Charlie, what about yourself? You've done anything? Um, you know what? It's been a slow week for Charles. What? Yeah, usually, you know, I'm like, yeah, I've seen this one, I've seen this movie. Yeah, usually I'm trying to stop you talking about films. And I have to, no, I can't go into them too much, because there's too many of them. But this week I've only watched one movie. Okay. I know. I watched Don Siegel's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I believe came out in 1956, so the original, not the 70s remake, which I will watch after, because I haven't seen either of them. Oh, right, okay. And they've just been ones that I've been meaning to get off the watch list for a while. Do you know the premise at all? Not at all. I'm guessing something to do with people I want to say aliens come and snatch bodies. Essentially. So, yeah, these aliens come and basically they grow humans in these pods. And when you go to sleep at night, they basically download your brain, everything, and put it inside this new version. And that old version of you is gone. Oh, yeah. And there's a couple... Well... Two people that used to be in marriages who have now found each other and they one's a doctor and they've started noticing people being strange, not themselves. And uh, they go on the run as everyone in the town has pretty much been taken over. It's fucking fantastic and it's so ahead of its time. The dialogue's incredible. There's a really fucking creepy scene, like a really creepy scene that really disturbed me a little bit of he's looking outside his window at the town and he's like, do you think it's strange how, like, everything looks really normal? Like, everyone's being super normal, like... But, like, it's seven in the morning. Like, usually it isn't this busy out at seven in the morning. And he looks and he's like, oh, I think it's because new people are in town. So, like, everyone's around. They're, they're trying to act normal. So, they put these new people in, like, a car. They drive off. As soon as they drive off, the music stops playing. And so this is, like, a high-angle view of whole town center the whole town starts walking towards the middle like everyone in the town like as soon as they've left but there's no music there's no sound it's just you see all these people walking oh there's something so chilling about it i don't know what it was it was like i really honestly i loved it i thought it was fantastic a really good like a sci-fi classic 
And a bit of a horror movie as well. Yeah, that's, that um, does sound very movie, yeah. scary. Yeah, and yeah it horrifying. sounds really, really good. Really cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to watch, watch the remake as well, which apparently is just as good. So yeah. I'm uh, excited to watch that with Donald Sutherland. But yeah, definitely check that one out. How about yourself, Luke? Have you been up to much? Yeah, so I have two in the pocket for me to talk about. I have Naked Gun. Oh, nice. I, I rewatched that classic. Yeah. It's still a gem. I rewatched The Police Squad on YouTube because they're all just sat there for your enjoyment. Um, and I found out that Police Squad was cancelled because it was like too funny. <laughs> yeah. Too they, funny. The, How does the, that pro- work? the producers <laughs> thought because there were so good. many yeah. jokes that uh, audiences wouldn't keep up with all the jokes and then the, the audience would feel stupid. So they cancelled the show. However, you say this, right? Mm-hmm. But I once listened to an interview before with Tarantino where he spoke about changing one of his actors to one of the extras because the extra was better than one of the actors. And the person interviewing him said to him, how do you go about like firing someone like that mm. when they're yeah. already on set and stuff? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you go about that? And he said, um, well, you tell them their dick's too big for the job. <laughs> I mean, so, that is definitely an option. So, yeah, so, <laughs> However. That could be a possibility. But anyway, yeah. So the first Naked Gun is called something like Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Because it's all of the jokes that they were going to use for a season two of Police Squad just in a movie. Oh, wow. And that's where we get this trilogy. It's all just the stuff that they were going to put on TV in episode format. But got cancelled before its time. Oh, and, no, and it was sad. real funny. Like the classic jokes. I loved, I just love that sort of like very straight faced humor. Same. My favorite joke being whenever Leslie Nielsen like offers someone a cigarette, and he just goes, cigarette? And every person just like looks at the cigarette and goes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love jokes. You don't get humor like that anymore. That like that old school, almost like universally funny humor. You just don't quite get that anymore. But I think it's because I don't think people find that stuff funny as much anymore, which I think is crazy for me. But to give an example, that years ago now, I went to Sundance Film Festival and they played a film called They Came Together, which was directed by the guy who did Wet Hot American Summer, I think. Okay. And it has Paul Rudd in it and Amy Poehler. Like, it's got a great cast and it's all of that humour. Like, I was pissing myself laughing the whole time. Me and my mates were, no one else. But like I don't, I, I don't understand it because like I, I give you an example of one of the jokes, right? Um, so one of the jokes is uh, Amy Poehler like fancies like Paul Rudd, and she's talking to her mates, and they're like, "You know if he likes you, if you change something about yourself, and he notices." Okay. So she goes out on a date with this normal this guy, this normal guy, and she puts on Groucho mask, you know, like the uh, the glasses with the nose. Yeah. And, the, and uh, <laughs> she goes out with him, and like the guy says nothing, like he doesn't question it at all. The guy goes out with him, and she's like, oh, he's not, he, he must not be him. And then when she goes out with Paul Rudd, he's like, oh wait, you've changed, you've changed your hair, and she's like, yeah, she's like, you've noticed, <laughs> like, like it's like it's humor like that. There's so much, there's it gets so ludicrous. Or like there's another great gag where he walks into a bar and he's sad. And the guy goes, oh, why the long face? And something like that. And he says, oh, you can say that again. And he's like, why the long face? And he's like, tell me about it. And they go on. It just keeps going on for like a good three minutes. Like they just yeah. keep doing it. It's, yeah, it's a hilarious uh, scene. But yeah, that, for example, that for me, I think that's pure humor that, but it didn't quite. And it reminds me of that kind of humor. But didn't, the audience didn't quite grab it as much. So maybe it is a yeah. thing of in, in my opinion, it's a lot of editing as well yeah. like i've noticed with modern comedies they kind of like 
do the joke and then cut to a reaction. Yeah. But with this, it was like, it, <laughs> it's it. just hold to the shot. It's like the camera barely moves any real point. And so you just have to absorb all of these jokes. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's, and it's one of those, because it was at a time when no one was just on their phones being distracted. It was like, you were there to watch the film. There you go. Enjoy yeah. it. To be fair, I don't know, you, you reminded me, I don't, even though nothing what you said is related to all I'm about to say. <laughs> um, the reason why I haven't watched many films this week, if you actually care, is because I've been playing Jedi Fallen. Oh, uh, yeah. The Star Wars game. So, so after last week, the, the Star Wars bug truly took hold. It took hold. And this has been giving me my fix. Like an addict. Really, really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, brilliant. No. Uh, yeah, really enjoying it. It feels a bit like... Dark Souls game and a Zelda game put together, but yeah. not quite as difficult. Someone described but, it to me as like a Dark Souls cross Metroidvania game. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I was like, I've watched some people play it on YouTube and stuff, but I haven't got it myself, but I'd like to. Even with a dash of Enchanted in there as well. Mm. Um, it really feels like its own game, and it's Star Wars, so it's like, I'm just fucking... I haven't really played video, a video game in a long time. Mm. I find it difficult because obviously, you know, it's finding the time and stuff, but I think when I heard this Star Wars story-driven... I was like, okay, I'm going to try and make some time for this. Um, yeah. And I've been uh, having a great time. Good. So I recommend it to everyone. Nice. So far. I ain't so far, it. so far. The other film that I am bringing to the table is Frozen 2. Oh, yes. Because, mm. uh, of course, we did that a couple of weeks back. And, you know, it was timed. We, we released it, so it would be in time for Frozen. <laughs> did we? Um, yeah, we did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to pretend. <laughs> we don't need to be coy. We, we released it the weekend before it came out. It was yeah, it was yeah. obvious. It was, <laughs> fun. It was calculated. Nice. Exactly. And it's it's good. There's no let it go song. So you're not going to get... I, I very much doubt it's going to be like the first one where you just heard that song on loop for Years. three months. Oh, man, that was so, nightmare fuel. So none of the songs are like proper catchy. Yeah, they're not... I, I don't personally think they were that catchy. Mm. And they're also very story. Okay. Like, mm. they're using the songs to progress the story. So, if you listen to the soundtrack, you're actually having the story Spoilers. spoiled. Yeah. Oh, I see. Which is really bad, because, of course, by the time this comes out, it would have been the first week. But I know that some cinemas are playing the soundtrack for the first week. Of course, yeah. To be like, hey, guys, go watch this film. Yeah. But there's, like emotional beats in some of the songs and if you're hearing it before you go watch it don't don't listen to it don't do <laughs> that, that. That's, that's what i've got to say it's it, good, yeah it's really good it's i feel it's like toy story where as it's in the gaps the audience has matured so the content matured okay if that makes sense because it's okay. not that light and fluffy it's it's got some very like deep bits it's it some bits are very strong for really? for a child film and oh some emotions could could be felt oh okay that's, that sounds good so it was real good but then of course it's still a kid film so they gotta try and keep it light and fluffy at times as well so which i'd say is my only like critique is that they'd have this deep moment but then try and make it light and fluffy again because it's a kid's film and it's like too quick too quick slow down mm. like uh, as as we've butted head before like mixing genres and mixing themes and all that is, is fine and it's good but some people do it a bit too quick, and oh. that's where my issue comes in. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I'll probably love it. You'd probably <laughs> love the shit out of it. It'd be great. <laughs> I, want, I want to see it. I do want to see it. Also, complete side note: you don't need to watch the two short films, Frozen, oh, in Fever, and Frozen Olaf's Adventure. I think, yeah. like, they have no bearing on the new oh, okay. film apart from the end credits scene. 
So that's the only mm-hmm. bit you're going to go, what? But it's the end credit scene. Most people don't even watch it because it's not Marvel. So true. So true. Anyway, Harry. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. It, it is Christmas, as I'm Christmas. sure you're aware, because it is now the 1st of December. Yes. Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry, to all, Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, and if not, enjoy winter. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very dull, doesn't it? <laughs> enjoy winter. Enjoy winter. Enjoy the cold. Happy holidays. <laughs> have a nice Hanukkah. That's oh, one yeah. of them. But yeah, so Harry, what film have you brought on this seasonal month? So because it's Christmas, I thought it would be only appropriate to bring a Christmas movie with myself today. So Good. I have bought Love Actually. Love Actually. Yes. Fantastic. Actually lovely. Actually lovely. <laughs> nice. For those at home who either haven't seen Love Actually or have seen it, but, I don't know, last Christmas, could you give a quick reminder, what's that film about? I can. So, Love Actually is a story based five weeks before Christmas, and it leads up to Christmas. follows the stories of about nine different individuals as they go about their Christmas routine, and basically like how the Christmas spirit sort of gets into them and makes them full of joy and love and uh, they sort of venture their ways through the last few weeks towards Christmas and hopefully try and find love before Christmas Day. Lovely. And in whatever form that may take. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. However, you, you missed a tiny detail in that little synopsis. Oh, is it awful? It is the worst. Oh. It is awful. How did you know? Ah, oh, sorry. Okay. You, you, you kind of pissed on my fireworks then. I mean, I'm come so on, that's, sorry. that's the only joy I get each is week. Is that getting cut as well? <laughs> no. <laughs> but but you asking if it gets cut is getting cut. <laughs> I think you should keep it because then people are like, what are we doing? <laughs> Talking about his legs. <laughs> cut his legs off. <laughs> so every time he fucks up, just one just more swallow. touch. Oh. But no, the real bit that you missed, which Numaria gives a half star for and explained, because... Massive, violent imperialism is only the second worst thing the British are responsible for. The first is this fucking movie. <laughs> yes, fantastic. So this film is worse than when we dominated the globe. How do you feel about that? Wow. That's a stretch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure there's much worse than uh, British imperialism. But, you know, I, if this movie perhaps doesn't float his boat then maybe he shouldn't watch it at Christmas. I personally, <laughs> I I know there are flaws, but that's what makes a particular favourite movie so important to many. It's because you look beyond what others may see as flaws and maybe you see them as perhaps... Positives. Perhaps, yeah, positives or charming or just enjoyable, really. And that's what I find this movie is. It's a nice, enjoyable romp through Christmas that puts a smile on my face and it's the kind of thing that I'll have on in the background and just like let it without your own choice because it's on every year in the UK yes it is on every channel yep all the time when it comes around Christmas (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was a great answer for a for a tiny review but also also though you say this but the movie does include the national treasure that is Hugh Grant and no matter what he's in, you know, whether it's good, you know, bad, whatever, he's always a delight to watch, I think. Actually, to quote Bethan in the previous episode, she mentioned that Nation's uh, sweetheart, Emma Thompson, was in Brave. And I couldn't agree more. Emma Thompson is Britain's sweetheart Very true. with Hugh Grant. And she's in this movie. And she has possibly one of the most human 
moments I've ever watched on cinema, be it in like any sort of movie. The fact that it's in a Christmas movie makes no difference. It's a really sweet and sad moment that Emma Thompson portrays with absolute finesse. And I love it. Also, Martin Freeman. It's got one of the funniest storylines. <laughs> yeah, yes, he well. has. Yeah. All, that, all that stuff pretty much makes me laugh. It's great. Fair, fair. Sorry, I, I just got, I had to laugh there because Harry's talking about this really deep emotional bit where Emma Thompson finds out that her husband's cheating and you're like, hey, it's funny when Martin Freeman's pretending to fuck a girl, isn't it? <laughs> but it's it's um, Stacy from Gavin and Stacy yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. I can tell already this uh, episode's going to be a mad one. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. Right, I've managed to black my way through that review. Let's get some more. Uh, okay, so now we have a half star review from Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. <laughs> Jessica Carr. Oh, oh Jessica Carr. I thought it was Jessica. Just, just, just Carr. I thought it was Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Can we call it Jessica Carr? No, we can call it Jessica Carr. Nah, yeah, Jessica Carr. Je- Jessica Carr. Jessica- <laughs> That's an incredible name. Yeah, Jessica-, Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr is a lot less funny than Jessica Carr. Yeah. Let's do that. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. There's like another one. In yeah. There. It's like two. Just, just, let's just throw four of them in there. <laughs> Jessica Carr. I feel like it's something. I feel like we're in a scene in like that Coen Brothers movie. All this is still getting cut. I feel like we're in Hal Caesar with Ralph Fiennes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What did it twer so simple? Jessica Carr. I'm so sorry, Luke. Okay. That was perfect. No, that's not good. That was funny. You're just trying to put out that runtime. You're like, oh, right now, 15, we're stopping now. Even though I'm normally watching, we're like, hey, hello, it's time, it's time. Oh, it's uh, 20 past one. Oh, well, that's, that's time for us to finish, <laughs> right? Know, it's not 20 past it's one. It's not 20 past one. I'm <laughs> lying. Thanks for clarifying no, for the audience. Yeah, I have um, a stopwatch. I'm pretty sure we don't know when they're watching. Imagine if they were watching, though, so, and what, it was it's 20 past one. 20 past one. They're like, yes. fucking mind readers. They know. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid answering these reviews if anyone can tell. Yeah, um, I'm very scared because I don't know how good I can defend these things. Yeah, so like I'm going to try. Lord of the Rings are new inside and out, back to front. <laughs> Love Actually is just a pleasant, like I said, it's a pleasant romp. Like, mm, let's not go there. Okay, sorry, I apologize. We're on a mad one today. This is a crazy one. Yeah, let's continue. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. <laughs> Why was this movie made? Is it a joke that everyone loves it so much? If I were to treat it seriously, (laughs) this movie is highly sexist, racist, and falsely body positive. It is full of so many white people, except for the exotic female roles and the wise young black friend role. Oh, and also Keira Knightley's fresh new husband, Pete, who gets completely fucked over by his white best friend, who's also now just tagging along on their trips. Not to be crude, but we know what he's really tagging, y'all. Please. And why are there just boobs everywhere (laughs) for no reason? That is a very good point. (laughs) This is a Christmas classic to people? How? How? And that's the review. Was there a lot of caps lock in that? There was a lot of caps lock in that. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I felt I needed to embody that one because we're going mad in this episode anyway, so where the fuck not? You did it very well. Thank you. Yes. So. So let's start. Harry, from the beginning. what's your answer to this? Yeah, so what's your answer to <laughs> sexist, racist, and falsely body positive? Sexist, racist, and falsely body positive. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, no mm, where mm. to begin? Let's start at the top. You know, as a skinny start white male. <laughs> as a... <laughs> it's a podcast. I can be whatever I want to be. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's like an MMO, you know, you choose your character on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm a gamer. I don't just have one life. I have many lives. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, Luke's a different character every episode, apparently. He what is. Was it, what was it today? Today you were the... You <laughs> probably <laughs> said <laughs> yourself. You probably said Chubby Snowman. Chubby you said you're the Chubby Little chubby Snowman. Chubby Little Snowman. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's what us Brits do. Maybe we're just body shaming. Uh, oh. um, sexist. Okay. <laughs> right. Chubby Little Snowman. <laughs> sexist. Okay. Sexist. Right, let's tackle that <laughs> in one podcast. Okay, so in regards to the sexist remarks, I feel like I'm on trial. Jesus. <laughs> feel free to help him at any point, Charlie. Um, I can. I would say it'd be nice if there was. Specific... There is some sexism <laughs> in this movie. Yes. Um, hmm. Yes. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> no, Next I'm question. Kidding. I'm kidding. No, they're. There is. Um. <laughs> Refer back to my previous question where I said, you know, favourites. It's it's a favourite of mine for... The- <laughs> for being sexist. For being sexist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what is this episode? <laughs> this has gone really badly, it's really gone, quickly. It's Christmas. Oh, God. Yeah, wow. Um, okay, right. Well, the sexist one, you know, we can agree with. The body shaming one. It is also in there. Mm. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. It is also there. I am a bit confused as to why they constantly refer to Natalie. Natalie as chubby. Like she looks great. I don't yeah. understand if and oh, if yeah. that's chubby. Of then all what, of you know? the ladies there, she looks the most healthy. She has like the healthy body type. I see you mean. And everyone yeah. else is rather skinny. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. It gives you a weird context at the time because I think like models. In the early 2000s, were all like super skinny, weren't they? Mm. That was like the thing, like posh spice was like, yeah, you know, that spice. kind of look was like. Spears as well. Yeah, it was like, like really skinny. So, we well, yeah, really had the bit of the, with Kira Knightley's story with the the white best friend, where he does the whole signs outside a door. And he's like, oh yeah, hopefully next year I'll be with one of these. And like drops the card, and the next one is just like, you can see ribs on yeah, all yeah, of the ladies. Yeah, right, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that is a real. It shows you the time, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say. This person is correct. And I don't like those scenes that she's talking about. But there is good scenes in the movie. And the story... Like, hey, there's different storylines, right? So if we mm. delete the storyline of Andrew Lincoln, mm. fancies his mate's... His best mate's girlfriend. And it's supposed to be romantic somehow. You know, uh, uh, and, you no, know... No, mate. Best mate's wife. Wife, sorry. Wife. And it's supposed to be romantic somehow. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, he's over and he kisses her... She kisses, and we're she kisses him. She kisses him. Kisses him. Yeah, she rewards that behaviour. It's so fucked. It's so fucked. If we delete that storyline, because I think that storyline's fucking bollocks. Okay, would Go you on. like to do the other storyline of Alan Rickman <laughs> with his no, but that's secretary? No, 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 but no, that's different. Though, but that's him, that's, that's cheating that's a, on his wife. Right, see, that's a good story because to me, that's calling out the, the bullshit. Oh, yeah. And yeah. also, it's calling out men on... You know, being a dick and thinking, mm. with a, you know, okay, yeah, thinking that's with their dicks. dicks. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm glad you said it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that I think that's a. I actually think that's quite a good story. Oh yeah, it's the best I, of the bunch. Yeah, because I think the tension as well, especially because you get humour out of that scene with Rowan Atkinson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
which is hilarious when he's made because it is like that, isn't it? When you're trying to put this in the sprinkling flowers, yeah. like, it's funny, and he's waiting for it. You know, he's not sure. Like, um, it's tragic and also hilarious that mm. that bit, yeah. which I think is a really good scene, one of the, the highlights. Yeah. And also, you know, these people saying, you know, it's worse than you know when Britain controlled, colonized, you know, colonized the, world. Yeah. the world. But you know, you look at you know Liam Neeson's son Sam, you know, in the film, <laughs> stepson, and uh, you know, he's a it's a lovely, sweet little storyline. Mm. And he's, you know, how could you look at his eyes and think, you know, that's colonising the world is uh, better than, than that. <laughs> I think his storyline's one of my <laughs> favourites, I think. You no, know, it is sweet. I think everyone yeah. likes it. Whenever I think, when, if anyone thinks of Love Actually, yeah, I feel like the three ones you think about stories, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, are the Hugh Grant storyline, the Sam storyline hmm. of Liam Neeson, and the Alan Rickman storyline. That's yeah. how I think people... Th- Talk about the rest. Am I missing one? You're missing the what, signs. What one? You're missing Kira Knight. Yeah, yeah. But even it though sucks, it's not, though. it's not good. I know. What you mean it's iconic. That, those yeah, signs, right, like yeah. the signs, it's, it's so parodied iconic. everywhere. It's yeah. like that's what people associate you're love right. actually with. You're right. I wish it was the Hugh Grant as prime minister because that storyline's great and that yeah, brings yeah. so much the humor and the heart. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very incredibly. It's all the whole film's very. You know, it's trying. You know, very hard to capture. Every iconography of yeah of, of Britain yeah of the UK. I, I think you, what thing yeah what things do you love about this movie? So what I love about yeah. it is I do find it very very sweet. Particularly like the airport scene, uh, I think is one of my favourites. Uh, with Sam running through the airport, it's so such an iconic moment in the movie. And I know you asked me what's my favourite parts of the movie, and mm. I will get to that. But I've, I've had time to formulate it. And I think in regards to the review you mentioned earlier with the sexism, racism and body shaming, I think the thing about that is it has it in the movie. And the problem is that it doesn't address it. The only time it addresses it is when Emma Thompson does call out Alan Rickman and say, what would you do if you found out your husband had given away a necklace to a woman? And was it just a necklace? Was it a necklace and a sex? Or worst of all, was it a necklace and love? And you see him, like, squirm and, for lack of a better word, suffer because of his actions. And I think it's good that we see him being reprimanded for his actions, whereas in the other ones, with the body shaming, the closest thing we get to it is Hugh Grant's character sort of dismissing, but not really, the fact that his secretary has basically called Natalie large. Chubby. Yeah, she says, oh yeah, and those thighs. And Hugh Grant's kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, are we are we That's calling? He's like, but even then, at the the end, because of course it does the lead yeah, up to Christmas, and then it does like one month later. Yeah, he then says he he's like, oh god, you're heavy, and she's yeah. like, oh shut up, and it's like playful, but it is still like you could read that into still being body shaming mm. a little bit. I also going off your point about the Alan Rickman Emma Thompson storyline. I like that in that one month later, they never say what's actually transpired in that relationship like he's been away but that like is he away because they're separating or is he just gone on a business trip and they're trying to like keep it together like i like that the mystery in that yeah which you don't expect at the end of a christmas film you expect it to be all be tied up with a nice bow Mm. yeah apparently there was a different version where it was basically all sunshine and rainbows and the golden necklace storyline ended very differently but the co-writer he basically said look it's way too happy you need you need to have the ups and downs and richard curtis who had written this 
other version for Emma Thompson said, okay, well, what, but what about this? And I think, thank goodness they did do it because it is such a poignant moment in the movie because it is like that little touch of sadness, which is true because even though it is Christmas, it is still, you know, people still go about their lives. Sad things still happens. Mm. You know, it's very difficult to shut your mind off to everything and we shouldn't, even though it's Christmas. And I think this movie, perhaps not in the best way, but still mentions the issues that we have. And I think, sadly, it has not dated too well. You know, it did come out in, like, what, 2003, I think? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what, this is now 16 years later? Shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, something that really... Oh, it's it's really bad, but it's a clever device. But in the opening montage thing, they talk about 9-11. They do, And how yeah. that's just recently mm. happened. And that really does, like, knocks the nail on the head being like, this is a film from that time. Mm, yeah. Like, no matter where we are in the future, this is how people were feeling then. Then, yeah. Yeah. Like, they needed a kind of upbeat movie. Mm. I think, I'll tell you what, this film does do well. I think one of the reasons why, especially in the UK with this film, it's like, you know, it's it's, it's almost pretty much like loved by everyone. I guess because it's on all the time and we have to love it. But also, I think it does do a good job with all its flaws of capturing the feeling of Christmas. And I don't know, there's like when, you know, when Bill Nye's playing um, naked on the telly and everyone's turning and watching and he's about to run to the airport to the girl. That bit where I'm always like, oh, this feels really Christmassy. It's like the end of the Christmas night. I don't know why. There's something about that they capture quite well. I don't know how they do that. And I really, I think the idea of having all these different sort of love stories like in this kind of all entwined in this almost like pop fiction almost structure you know was not really but do you know what i'm saying in terms of like all these characters coming together is a really good idea i think there's maybe a few too many storylines but i think that yeah the overall capture and i think as well like i was talking about hugh grant being a national treasure but bill nye yeah come in on this film is amazing fucking, every scene i'm just like oh, i just i could just do this really yeah, I, can, I want a whole movie of just him <laughs> yeah yeah exactly Literally. he's so fucking funny in it billy mack what a legend and he does capture the humor of the uk we're very honest and very it's funny because we don't actually get very embarrassed by things i know we might have this from over the seas, we have this whole, they see us as like sort of... Perception of people who are sort almost of a bit rigid. Yes, a bit. Yeah. But I think in the sort of... That might be true with the upper class side of over here, but the low class, everyone's like, doesn't really get embarrassed by things. Like we're very open and honest and like a bit yeah. too much. I mean, I think he captures that perfectly, Bill Nye. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's he doesn't care about getting naked and yeah, mm. <laughs> he just sort of yeah. says what he wants, says it as it is. Yeah. Straight, straight up on the show, and people are like, "What? They're not used to this sort of thing." Yeah, on um, radio, Watford. on radio, Watford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think also uh, to go back to what you asked me, uh, Charlie, which is what are your favourite moments? I think, I think very much so. It's the stereotypical grand gestures of love that you do over Christmas, like, for example, the perhaps inappropriate, but the grand gesture of the cards to Kira Knightley, learning another another language, and then you know, traveling to Aurelia to ask her for her hand in marriage or going down an entire street, knocking on everyone's door, trying to find the woman that you love. And I think it's those big grand gestures that sort of fill your heart with, you know, happiness. Yeah, I really <laughs> like the big grand gesture of 
getting on a plane to America, going to the first bar, oh, and yeah. being just just suddenly having four ladies. The ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. Straw. And... Oh yeah, straw. A... <laughs> straw. Table. Oh, oh. oh that's, that's the exactly thing. the same. So, yeah, that was yeah. funny. Yeah, it's kind of weird though, isn't it? I don't know. It's it's funny because it's ludicrous, isn't it? But I don't know. It's a it's a very weird storyline, isn't it? As well, there are some weird storylines. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's so totally bonkers that you just can't help but think, you know what? Would that work? Yeah. It's like not at all. But you think maybe. Like, no, <laughs> but I do actually really like the sweetness of Martin Freeman's uh, storyline. Yeah, like because it's it's even though they're doing a sex scene, it's not about that at all. And it's quite funny because they're talking like, yeah, what are you doing for lunch today? Do you know what I mean? It's like sort of casual talk. And they actually yeah. sort of fall for each other for actually for each yeah. other, not at all for their bodies. Mm. Yeah. In a weird way, even though they're having this pretend sex scene. It's like, yeah. I think that's... Well, yeah, he like asks really... her for drinks while she's pretending to give him a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's got his head between her thighs. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm so thankful that you... Because you ex- like, I normally don't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like exactly. your head is between a lady's thighs. Yeah, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Such a sweet moment as well when she, she like gives him a peck on the cheek on the doorstep and says, "All I want for Christmas is you." I and vomited. Then, did that you? Was the it most cheesiest, so cheesy. disgusting. Yeah, that that is. It, is, it like, comes it out of nowhere. Every, everything else is fine, and then she's <laughs> yeah. like, "All I want for Christmas is you." But why? And I'm like, oh, fuck it's you. not even set up, is it? <laughs> she it. just says it. It's so weird. And then he jumps down. He's so happy. He jumps down the steps like, "Yay!" I'm like, "Yes, you are. Come on, Martin Freeman." <laughs> oh yeah, don't it, like. Well it, done, it's Bilbo. a lovely moment, but it's like, oh fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel, yeah. We're forgiving of Christmas movies. Do you have time for another one? Yeah. Don't forget, it. there's a lot to be cut out. I okay. feel it in my fingers. <laughs> God damn you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is gonna be the last review. It is a moral rating of extremely offensive. <laughs> Three. Should I? Should I be? be... You'll you'll figure it out. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. And this is from Angela. I viewed this movie last night, and as a Christian, was completely <laughs> embarrassed throughout the movie. I spent more time looking down at the ground and with my eyes closed. This movie is complete filth. <laughs> I really don't see the difference between this movie. And a porno. Nice. I would not recommend (laughs) this to anyone. (laughs) This movie turned marriage into a joke. People were having affairs and sex was rampant throughout the movie. The movie portrayed sex as okay before marriage. (laughs) I love these reviews. Everything in the movie seemed to come back to the same topic. Sex. It was talked about joked about, and shown. Very explicit nude scenes. Not just one scene, but many throughout, where a guy and a girl are filming a porno and are completely naked. (laughs) Going through different motions. Very crude. I was shocked that this movie was so graphic. My best advice, stay away. Okay, well, can I jump in straight away? Of course. Well, she should have paid more attention to the sex scenes because it wasn't being filmed for a porno. They were doing the lighting checks for the porno. (laughs) So, really, 
jokes on Angela. She didn't pay attention. Was yeah. it actually yeah. a porno? Uh, yeah, it was for a porno. Oh, <laughs> I, for some reason I thought they were actors in a sex scene. <laughs> no, they were doing the light a checks and stuff porn. like that for a porno. No, oh. they, they were like the body doubles and they got the actual actors in. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. No, they're not actually the guys doing the yeah, porno. Yeah, I'm that going over my... Well, I, I used to think that. And then for some reason this watch, when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, they're just actors because he said he was a stand-in for Brad Pitt. And I was like, oh, he's just an actor then. No, um, but, but yeah, well, fairness, no, I think you're it right. could be right. a sex scene in a movie. It could as be as opposed to just a pure porno. Yeah. That's why they've got the clothes. You know, they're not actually doing. Well, it. to begin with, oh yeah, they're not actually doing it. Yeah, no. to begin with, they have the clothes, and then they, the clothes just start coming away. That's true. My, <laughs> my favorite is when the black guy comes up and he's like, "We need to see <laughs> the boobs because we need to see how the light reflects off the um." The, the um the, the nipples oh yeah yeah <laughs> and he's funny. like so awkward about it yeah, which is yeah. which I can imagine going off your British aren't embarrassed mm, when we're talking about sex with strangers yeah we are a bit <laughs> prude aren't we about sometimes yeah I suppose um, I guess what Hugh Grant's whole that's why he's so British isn't he because yeah. he's like a he's constantly embarrassed about everything he's doing isn't he he's mm. like <laughs> oh yeah I love when he charm, meets Natalie it? closes the door and goes well, that's inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so rude. Yeah. It's like, oh, I found this girl and I'm, I've fallen in love. Oh, that's inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real humdinger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. completely. But uh, it makes a joke out of marriage. I'm not, personally, I could be incorrect and I maybe have just got my roast tinted goggles on, but I don't see it taking, making a joke out of marriage. There's a widowed stepfather who does his best to console his son. And I think does a very, very good job. Uh, there is the insinuation that Alan Rickman is having an affair. It's not confirmed. He has given her a necklace. What else? We don't know. And I think, again, sorry, bringing it back to Emma Thompson, the fact that she brings it to his attention, if she just let it go and let it slide, then yeah, maybe that is making a mockery out of marriage because it doesn't mean anything to her. But the fact that she doesn't let it slide shows that she isn't taking it lightly. It isn't a joke to her. And Alan Rickman immediately knows he's fucked up. You know, he knows straight away he's made a dog's breakfast out of this. Yeah. It was almost like she, she almost feels like her whole life up to this point has almost been a bit of a lie. Not not a lie, but like she's just saying about the life she leads is like Yeah, you made a you, you made, made a joke out of it. Yeah, because like she well. does everything for all of them. Yeah. But she loves him as well. Like and she's just you know, been shat on. It's really sad. I think it just shows that marriages are complicated. I don't necessarily think it, yeah. it's a mockery of them. No. It's, it's tough because we've done a few of these Christian reviews now. And I'm worried people are going to think that, you know, we've got a problem with them. But we don't. However. They provide really good reviews. However, they give keep doing great it. reviews. So good. And they are, in this day and age, they, you know. And they're so mm. vocal. Also, just, you know, they they've made mistakes. So now we can laugh at them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, and at the end of the day, what calendar we use we use the Christian calendar. They won. Well done. <laughs> Let's knock them down a few pegs with these stupid ass fucking reviews. <laughs> yes. yes. We've had um, witchcraft. You know, we've had a Mitch. You know, that's been my favorite. But, witchcraft. Uh, we've had, witchcraft. Yeah, we've had uh, Satan. Satanism. We've had a lot of stuff implied in movies. And now this one's pornos. This pornos. One's pornos. Let's, let's tackle it, guys. Come on, let's <laughs> yeah. tackle it head on. Yeah. Uh, in regards to all the sex, and it, Angela mentions it all comes back to sex. Some of some of the storylines, yes, do lead to sex. Some of them don't. You know, I think Colin Firth's story with Aurelia, it's sexualized, yes, because when she takes her clothes off and jumps into the pond, it's sort of like that. Oh, yeah. 
a, for lack of a better word, that awakening within him. He's like, whoa, she, he sees her for more than just the cleaner. And he then makes it his mission to at least ask her for her hand in marriage. It's that sort of uh, idea of these people are pouring their hearts out with no expectations of anything in return. And the fact that they do get something in return is just, perhaps maybe it's Christmas, perhaps maybe it's goodwill in the other person's heart as well. Who knows? I'm a big lover of the cheese. And it's very, <laughs> and it's cheese. very cheesy. Mm. Gorgonzola. Yeah, it's very, it's very cheesy, <laughs> but, you know, I just love it. And I don't think every story relates to sex. I think some of them relate to sex, yes, particularly the Mark and Sarah storyline. But then you also have that beautiful, touching storyline of her and her brother. And that just goes to show the hardships of people who have family members in that sort of situation. And for them, their Christmas will never, ever be the same. They'll look back at their other Christmases and think, yeah, we had a family Christmas. But now, because of this situation, we can't. And maybe they find alleviation in sex. Maybe they find it in a partner. But uh, that's what happens at Christmas. Well, it's like how Bill Nye says about how Christmas is about the time you spend with those that you love. Mm. So in today's society, there is a bit of a mix between love and lust. Mm. And so I can understand why someone could see these people falling in love and starting to have a form of physical relationship and just going, ah, oh, it's all about the sex. But there is that emotional connection with a lot of the characters. So I can get where you're coming from. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's... It, you know, ultimately, you know, it's all got. To, I mean, yeah, they're there. You know, the sex undertones and stuff. But you know, it's ultimately about love. You know, and you can see that in the Bill Nye story. You know, when he says like, "There's party with all these women." You know, the beautiful women and whatever. And uh, you know, I'd rather spend it with me, me, me best mate sort of thing. Mm. In like a different kind of love. So it's like it captures all of them. And I think things like that, are, you know, sweet. Yeah. In that sense. Which know. is what I I like about that ending as well because that's another like mysterious ending mm. because it's whether it's love of best mate or if it's what the manager says is true and it's like oh you've been at elton for 10 <laughs> oh, minutes yeah. and you're already gay yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like because he's wearing like pretty scruffy clothes he's like wearing double denim and everything. but then at the one month later scene he's like in a suit very comparable to bill nye's suit and it's like yeah. is is this new lady that he brought just a beard and you're like, looking into it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Break it down. You know, down. love of all sorts. Because even right. um, Liam Neal says to the uh, Sam, doesn't he? he? Says, uh, "Is it a boy again?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, is this girl all boy? Yeah, nice. Yeah. And it's like they're already trying to accept mm. that as a possibility, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. 2000s, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to bounce off that. There was actually a deleted scene with the headmistress of this school that Emma Thompson's children went to. Basically, there was this whole storyline of Emma Thompson's son being a little dick, for lack of a better word. And he gets called into the headmistress' office. And you have this scene where the headmistress is really stern and firm and rigid that this child has written a really vulgar wish for Christmas. His wish for Christmas was that he could see people's farts. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Well, legend. And the headmistress <laughs> and the headmistress was like, this is inappropriate. We've had people wish, you know, <laughs> that their brother was healthy for one day. And, and which is for see people with limbs, you know. If I it wasn't know exactly. People's farts, you know. I think that'd be cracking as well. See people's farts, and you learn about this really stern headmistress, and then unfortunately, because that scene got cut, the other scene got cut, which is the headmistress goes back to her house after a really long day, and her wife is in bed, bedridden, really, really ill. She looks after her, takes care of her, and then at the final show, at the end of the movie, Emma Thompson's character gets up on stage 
and says, like, we're really sorry for your loss. And you learn that her wife has passed away. And it was a real shame that it got cut because not only did it show some representation for the LGBTQ community, but it also showed that, you know, people may have a hard exterior when they have to do their job, but behind closed doors and all that, you don't know what's going on. Mm. Very true. Well, that is all of the negative reviews. So this is your time to give a positive review, a recommendation for this awful, awful film. So go ahead. So Love Actually is a really fun Christmas jaunt. It's the kind of movie that you can put on and forget about the woes that are outside your doors. You can put it on and just have a laugh with some characters, some of the best British actors you're ever going to watch. And there are storylines that are perhaps a bit promiscuous, but at the end of the day, there are the other storylines as well, which celebrate everything great about love and celebrate everything great about being innocent and going for those big risk moves. And those are the kind of stories that you should celebrate. And I think Love actually does it very, very well. And the music, personally, I love it. I don't think Luke does. <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Charlie? Right, well, um, my family will murder me if I say anything bad about this movie. Because uh, they love it and we have to watch it every year. So it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Because, I don't know if you've noticed today, guys, but I've struggled this week to defend... And I've probably tried to distract you know, myself because it's been difficult because I've, I've pretty much agreed with some of the reviews. But, you know, I think it does capture a Christmas very well. And it's got, you know, ultimately a lovely message with things and some interesting storylines and some tension, I guess, in some places. But, yeah, that's all I can say about that's Love better. Actually. Yeah, I mean, if you're at Christmas and you want to watch a Christmas movie that captures the UK, it does quite well, especially the early 2000s. Ant and Deck, you know, you got. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're still around, but they're you know. <laughs> I love that bit as well. Yeah, too. but they're there. A loved film by many people, and you know you can see for yourself. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't really want to say. It was a tough week. This was a tough episode for me. Very very tough episode. Luke, how about yourself? So, the stereotypical Christmas dinner. Yeah. Involves many people sat around the table. <laughs> getting drunk and it is a powder keg waiting to explode because someone's going to say something that offends someone and that's this movie yeah yeah that's, that's a really good description that's a very actually. good description very apt it, yeah, it's yeah. It, it wants to be lovely and there are flaws there are faults there are things that oh we wish they hadn't said or done we wish we'd added some more black characters because that, that would have been nice and more lgbt community representation it could have been more However, <laughs> it was still a lovely meal. Though, though we're going to take away the best bits that we like. We're going to take away Emma Thompson crying because fucking hell, that rips. <laughs> mate, that's, that's what you go. The first thing you goes to, mate. That scene rips your it's fucking horrible. heart it's out. Yeah. It's so, like yeah. that's the scene that's like one of the best scenes yeah, in the film. I and agree. yes, I agree. Like coming off my happy-go-lucky family <laughs> meal, it can seem like a bit of a jump, but. That are every time I'm just like fuck because that's just the dark side of love and mm. it and it is that sort of thing. It is an easy watch, yeah. It does mm. fly by, you know. It's you know it, it is fun, you know. Yeah, you take it you obviously take everything with a pinch of salt, but like it is fun, you know. It's, it is Christmassy, so, exactly. Yeah. To go off your thing about the, the the music, the soundtrack, which is lovely. However, it is trying so hard to make you to feel put, like. <laughs> Yeah, I think in one of the previous episodes we were like, oh yeah, the point of like sound engineers and sound and like music and stuff is 
it's to enhance the scene, but for you to not really realize it's there. Mm. But you know every song that comes on. You're like, oh, they're going to use this song because it's going to make this emotion. <laughs> and it's the acting is helping the music rather yeah. than the music helping the acting, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. That's fair. I must admit, the Glasgow theme, I think it's called, uh, mm. does play a lot. But the PM Love theme, oh, I love it so much. It's a brilliant soundtrack. It's actually used in the compilation for the 90 years of the Oscars. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately though, it is a Christmas classic, and if you're in Britain, you're going to switch on the TV, and it's probably going to be on. So, you know, either complain, or sit there and bear it, and and pull out the bits that you enjoy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Harry, it's been a pleasure to have you on again. Do you have anything to plug? I'd just like to say thank you very much for having me again. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, you're more than welcome to. It's Harry underscore White, spelt incorrectly, like the Isle of White. That's about it. Thank you again. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. And Charlie, where can people find us if they so desire to do so? They can find us on Twitter, at Faith Film is Awful. If I was on Instagram, you Threat Film is Awful. And Facebook, you Threat Film is Awful. Also on YouTube, you Threat Film is Awful. So yeah, check out 10 Minute Snippets. Exactly. Please comment, subscribe, like, give us reviews. We'll use that feedback and try and improve. Ultimately, though, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Take care. Ciao.